Welcome to the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxie. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCready and featuring Zach Barry of Red Cup Rebellion, the Soft Verbal Podcast is your number one podcast dedicated to Ole Miss football and basketball recruiting. Featuring guests from throughout the Rivals.com network, the Soft Verbal Podcast tells you what is happening and what's going to happen on the recruiting trail. And it does it in style, just like Dead Soxie. Visit DeadSoxie.com and enter promo code RebelGrove at checkout for 30% off your order of the best dress socks you'll ever wear. Now... Here's your host, Neil McCready. Welcome into this episode of the Soft Verbal Podcast, presented by Dead Soxie. I'm Neil McCready. Zach Barry, who's been busting it lately, writing stuff for rebelgrove.com, writing stuff for Red Cup Rebellion, just, just banging out recruiting stuff, transfer stuff. He wrote about Arch Manning. I uh, think he's working on a story right now about a nine-year-old in Chattanooga. He's working on all sorts of recruiting stuff. I'm kidding a little bit. I'm kidding a lot. His story on um, Arch Manning was really good. You can catch it at rebelgrove.com. It's part of the rivals.com network. Prices never go up. Um, all of that's there. We'll get to Zach in a moment. First, let me tell you about Dead Soxie. Dead Soxie hopes everyone had an enjoyable Father's Day weekend. And if you didn't get your feet's favorite brand of sock, don't miss your opportunity to own some of the limited edition styles still available in limited quantities. So go to deadsoxy.com, check out the limited edition Father's Day styles. Styles are available individually or in bundles. Dead Soxy sincerely appreciates all of the feedback that led to offering each style on its own, and they want you to know how valuable your input is. So go to deadsoxy.com, check out the limited edition Father's Day collection before they are gone. And as always, stay soxy. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. That number, call it, ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, and the rest is up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done and what I recommend you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. You'll love the service. You will, uh, you'll you love the product. Corey wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. He'll prove it to you when you make the call. 662-257-1900. Zach Berry is about to join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters on the Water is open. It's located at the Sardis Marina, so come experience outdoor dining unlike any place in North Mississippi. The menu offers shrimp and Mississippi catfish platters along with gourmet burgers. Louisiana-style po'boys served on Leidenheimer French bread. The hours are Wednesday and Thursday, 3.30 to 10, Friday through Sunday, 11 to 10. They have a newly expanded picnic-styled dining area, signature appetizers such as Zydeco shrimp, crawfish egg rolls would go perfectly with some live music and fun cocktails, including their famous house frozen margarita. If you just want to prefer, if you prefer to get to go or curbside pickup, you can do that as well, 662 Six two and now to the Rafters Music and Food Hotline and the one and only Zachary Barry. Zach, how are you? Neil, I'm doing well. Uh, you failed to mention. I, I guess I haven't talked to you extensively about it, but uh, when we were at the beach, we were staying uh, right around the corner from one uh, Jesse James and Eric Decker, and uh, he has two sons. So I talked to him about where they. Uh, where they're looking right now, what schools they're hearing from, and uh, kind of where they're leaning. Um, Decker did go to Minnesota, so I think that uh, PJ Fleck and the Gophers might have an edge right now. But you never know; it's it's early. I will give you credit; you never ever really put it down. 
you you love you love you some football and recruiting. I'll give you that for sure, and I mean that sincerely. And I'm 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 uh you're the you're the resident optimist in 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 the in the house. I, I go I go all over the place. Optimism, pessimism, pissed offness. This is our morning as we take this on Thursday morning at ten twenty a.m. This is a pissed off morning. Um, so you're you're my. You're, you're, over the next 45 minutes, you're not only going to provide recruiting information, you're going to cheer me up. That's part of your job. You know, I've I've always leaned optimistic, and I don't know if it's just my nature of trying to be a positive person um, and then joining the uh, the fraternity of fatherhood. You know, things could always be worse. Yes. You know, my, my eight-month-old could sleep two hours at a time, and I could be up rocking him to sleep at, you know, four in the morning. Um, but I don't do that. So uh, maybe that's why I'm a little more optimistic. Um, is he sleeping through the night? Oh, yeah. He, is that he's right? been sleeping through the night since about four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, something like that. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. I don't remember the name of it. There's a great book on sleep training that we did. And um, we did that for about a week and a half. And, man, it was, you know, flipped a switch. And, man, he just cranks it out. Eight hours at least every night, sometimes 12 hours on a good day. Wow. That's impressive. So, yeah. It's, uh, I will say this before we get into recruiting, Neil. I, I mentioned the beach. Yeah. And you can call me as basic as you want. I will take the brunt of it on the message board. Come at me. All right. 30A is easily the best beach experience. We're going there in about. A week and a half, and I'm pretty excited about it. Why do you Why do you say that? I've never really well, done 30A. So, so I grew up going to my parents and my aunts and grandparents all had a house in Panama City, and now I'm talking like down the ways. But this was before Panama City was Panama City today, so it was kind of a sleepy little beach town. So we would go there a lot, and then we would go to Seaside. Um, you know, that was like our place to go out for like a nice meal. But I've been to Seaside plenty. Baytown is is a is a hot spot. There's a lot of golf courses around there. But 38 to me is just perfect because we stayed in Watercolor, which is just right next to Seaside. It's kind of a, I think the the point of building Watercolor was to connect Seagrove and Seaside all together. To, you know, because the whole thing is just this one big huge playing community. Right. And I don't, it's just, it's, you've got 30A right there. It's two lanes. And I, I will take that and I will take dodging the thousands of Yukons and Tahoes and expeditions over four lanes of Destin and McGuire's Pub any day. Cause that farther down in Destin, you know, the, the beaches are still fantastic. The water is still. You know, on a great day, it is as blue as can be. You can see right down through to your toes. But, man, there's just something about being right there by the beach. You know, it, it's it, it's not a gated community, but, you know, you have to have you have to have a little key card now to go to the beach. If you're going through watercolor, they give you, it's like a hotel room key. You have to scan it. They give you a wristband. You go through the pool area to get to the beach. But, I mean, come on. If you, if you give me that beach with a bartender right there by the shower where you wash your feet off when you go down to the beach there's a bartender right there that makes drinks for you oh yeah oh yeah oh and so in 
That's that's oh. really, that's really all I want to do for a handful of days. I want to get. I want to sleep in in the morning. I don't want Rizzo the dog. I, I love Rizzo the dog. He's a great dog, and I, I he he loves me, and and I, I love him, and we we get along great. But Rizzo's stomach alarm goes off at five thirty, and I get it. I mean, you know, when you're a Labrador Retriever, the stomach alarm goes off. The stomach alarm goes off. But I'm kind of looking forward to not being awakened by the stomach alarm, <laughs> s- sleeping a little, just a little extra, probably like just seven yeah. thirty. That's all I really want. I really don't want to sleep till noon. I don't want to give my day away. I'd like to. I can't do that. I'd like to sleep till about seven fifteen, seven thirty. Get up, have a cup of coffee, go for a nice walk on the beach, come back, pack my cooler, and then go sit down at the beach. Jay Tate makes fun of me all the time. But I like to read. I genuinely enjoy reading, and um, I'm gonna take some books down there and 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 uh, take my my. My ear pods, maybe, maybe not. I might even not even take my phone. I'm thinking not even taking my phone down there with me. Just take some books and a cooler. But if there's a if, if there's some place where I can go get a fancy frozen drink, I'm in, man. I mean, that's that's I, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll sit down there till seven o'clock at night. I I will. I, I'll love it. I, I will not get bored. No no chance. I'll I'll be totally relaxed. I, I've already told. The kids and stuff. I'm like, you guys can pick what you want for dinner. I'm good. Just you tell me. I'm in. That's fine. Um, I don't want to make that decision. I'll I'll do whatever. Just tell me. Mm-hmm. And then rinse, repeat. Yeah. I, I look. I I don't. We took our phones down there mainly just to take pictures of the little man, first beach trip, and all that. Oh sure. But, oh, I mean, I'd be- hardly checked my phone one because service is kind of spotty on the beach but yeah i mean you go down there and just completely you know disconnect unwind you talk about how beers hit different after cutting the grass or you know being um being at a baseball game beach beers hit different but i'm not a big reader either but reading a book on the beach is a different experience there's a different vibe there if you've got an umbrella or some form of shade yeah it is it is ideal and we took um we bought a Grove tent a couple of years ago, and uh, we took that down there, and that was just an absolute game changer. And um, yeah, it was fantastic. And you know, Seaside, regardless of how you feel about everything, and we'll—I promise—we'll get to recruiting after this. Um, <laughs> it made me feel better. Every shop, and I'd go to the coffee shop at least every other day. I'd walk down there. Um, you had to have a mask when you went in, six feet. They had, you know, capacity precautions, you know, they one in one out basically. And then the last day before we left, um, our thing is like, we buy, uh, Christmas tree ornaments when we go travel places. And I wanted to go to the little shop to get a Christmas tree ornament and you had to have a mask. And they were basically, you know, they let about 10 people in when they opened at 10 AM. And then after that it was, Hey, one in one out. So I appreciated that. Um, but yeah, it was great. Bud and Allie's we ate there one night. Um, and, uh, all the servers had masks, gloves. We were sat. Uh, there were two empty tables between everybody in the small dining area. Um, but I'll tell you this. Shout out to Greg and LBs. The rest of the night we had LBs uh, I cooked at, uh, at the house. And, um, man, we had some humongous instant LBs meat market fans after having all the, uh, the ribeye sausage, the Swayze sausage. I oh, mean, yeah. Um, Did you get the chicken jalapeno sausage? 
I think so. It's my so what I, I love d- it, man. It's my, I mean, that is that is my deal, and I'm kind of glad that. And look, I love the ribeye sausage too, and the spicy ribeye is my jam. Uh-huh. But I'm kind of glad that most people veer towards the pork and the beef because it saves the chicken ones for me. Those <laughs> those chicken yeah. jalapeno sausages, that's just kind of my happy spot. I love those yeah. things. We yeah, we were trying to go out one night and it was extremely difficult to get in. So we made a we called an audible. So I was just basically unwrapping the sausage, throwing it on the grill, and didn't look at the um, didn't look at the oh sure I've done that at the tags yeah. But, they loved it. Because um, you can't fan. go wrong. There's no bad one. Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, everybody scarfed it up. But uh, we did that, and then I did a uh, did a little homemade brub and did a beer can chicken one night, and it turned out pretty amazing. Good for you. So, yeah. All right, Good so time. now we're going to break down uh, all 50 United States flags. We're going to do that. Uh, I'm kidding. We can't. I, do, I did ask you. What you are, did what are ask your top me. Five? Okay, so my top five, and I'm, I'm still kind of putting them together. I've I've always liked the California flag, the the bear, mm-hmm. the California Republic. That, that's a that's a great flag. Great flag. It, it's it's a phenomenal flag. Um, I think it's the Wyoming flag that has the the yes. kind of the bison is fantastic. Absolutely. See, and there's nothing offensive about it. That's in my top five. A blue flag, outlined in white and red. It's got kind of a bison. I'm, I'm assuming that's what that is, mm-hmm. in white on there. It just it 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 works. Um, I like the Arizona flag. Another another great one. I've always liked the Tennessee flag. I think it's simple and perfect. It's, no one's offended. Mm-hmm. That is the key. Uh, I'm a Louisiana native, and I always thought that our flag was pretty cool. The the pelican. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I like that one. It's 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 strong. Uh, those are the ones that 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 when I when you asked me to do a top five, those are the ones that stood out. I, I like the Montana flag. I like yeah, that's another good one. I like the uh, I like the New Mexico flag. You know, when you fly it, like oh, there's New Mexico. I like the Texas flag. Yeah. It's fine. That one's that one's recognizable. You know, you know when you see it, you're like, oh, there's the Texas flag. I've always kind of liked the South Carolina flag. They they embraced the palmetto. Just, yeah, that's a great one. You know, full Very stop. Very simple. Full two stop. Two colors. Yeah, two colors. This is our flag. No one's bothered by a palmetto tree, at least that I know of. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there that that bothers them. Um. Trying to see. I've pulled them up to look at them. I've I've hogged the flag discussion. What are yours? <laughs> so y'all talked about it on the podcast today. Alaska's flag is phenomenal. Yeah, that's Campbell's favorite. That one is incredible. If I was born or lived in Alaska, I would own so much swag with that flag on it. Um, you mentioned Arizona. I think that one's phenomenal. Just star with the you know, basically looking like the sun's rays coming out of the star is is incredible. New Mexico to me might be my favorite. I mean, just perfect design. Um, it was voted best U.S. state flag by uh, the NAVA, which is the North American Vexillological Association. So more you know there. 
Um, <laughs> I do love California. It's not in my top five, though. Colorado is in my top five. I just, the simplicity of it, it's got blue, red. Oh, I yellow. do like that one. And it has the big C in it, so it sort of feels like a Cubs yeah. flag to me. And, and yeah. I like it. Yeah. That one's outstanding. Um, I th- yeah, you mentioned Wyoming. That's in my top five as well. I mean, th- yeah, there, there's some that I do I, that I don't hate that have seals. I'm not the biggest fan of seals, but some of them are good. One that I didn't make my top five, but is very underrated, is the Oklahoma flag. Oh yeah, I like the Oklahoma flag. The light like blue, yeah, light blue with like the dream catcher type thing on it, and then it just says Oklahoma. Um, do you like the Maryland flag? I've always kind of thought the Maryland flag was interesting. It is interesting. It's I distinctive. Think it looks, when you see it, you go, oh, Maryland. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it looks great when it's flying. Like when I've seen it, like, you know, hung up, like it looks great. Like I think it, the the color contrast of the black and yellow and the red and white looks cool. Um, yeah. Now put it on a football uniform. That's, that's a different conversation. Yeah. Can't, can't do that. I like the Montana flag a little bit because it just says Montana and then underneath it, it's like, yeah, we go fish here. I mean, that's what, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's like, Hey, we're outdoors. We it's have really, some Latin on there. Yeah. We, we, yeah. We're going to try to be a little sophisticated, but bottom line is you're going to want to come fish here. I mean, that's essentially what the flag says. Yeah. It's like Oregon, just state of Oregon, 1859. Yeah. Which is like, Hey, we're not going to offend a damn soul here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, Yeah. There's some good flags. Yeah, there are some good flags. There's some bad flags. There are some bad ones. There's one that people are trying to get rid of today. Uh, let's touch Lord, on that. Lord willing. Right. Lord willing. Yeah, let's switch into recruiting. How much okay. do you think – we'll go here. It's topical. How much do you think if the flag doesn't get decommissioned, if this is still the flag throughout the fall – and I, I think this is a, a, a very slim chance – at this point, I mean the the momentum to at least get rid of the flag is is incredibly strong. How much would that hurt recruiting if it didn't happen? That's a that's a great question. I think the the pulse of the nation right now, with the polarizing conversation of Black Lives Matter and dealing with all of that, is certainly um, getting young people more and more involved with current events and you know, political conversations and whatnot, which hopefully, you know, now the events that led to this are obviously awful and terrible. And I wish they, I wish we weren't having this conversation, but it could push people that are of age to get to the polls and vote not only in, you know, a presidential election, but local elections and get more involved in, in your communities. But the question about recruiting, I think it could potentially a little bit, but I think it, it falls on the staff that Lane Kiffin has been very outspoken and very supportive of not only his players, but uh, the the whole movement of you know, look, we need to we need to you know we need to be more inclusive with everybody, people of color. We need to um, you know he's been very outspoken. He added hashtag BLM to his Twitter profile. He's done everything right, and I think that yeah, there could be a few players that are just going to say, you know what, I just I'm not going to do it. I mean, Colin Hill plays at Mississippi State, and he said it. Well, if he follows through or not, if it doesn't get changed, we'll see. 
but I commend him for stepping up and, and using his his platform as a SEC running back at Mississippi State to do that. With that said, I think it falls on the staff, like I said, and I think Lane Kiffin and his staff have done a, a great job so far of being vocal about where they stand on this issue. And I think that in the end, they can sit down and speak and speak with a recruit and tell them, like, look, I know that this sucks. Like, the flag, we want it changed. We want it gone. We can't do anything about it. But the university doesn't fly it. They haven't flown it for, what, five years, six years? Um, yeah, it's been you know, it's been five years, hasn't it, roughly? It's, I feel like it's 20, 2015 when they stopped. But um, I, th- I think it could affect some. But I think, like I said, in the end, Lane Kiffin and his staff, I think, have done a phenomenal job of being outspoken. They're being vocal on Twitter. They're being vocal on Instagram, everything. And I think that that will resonate more with with recruits because that's, you know, you're you're going, yes, you're going to a school, you're enrolling in that higher education institution, but you're playing for this staff. You're, you're being led by these men. And I think that they've done a nice job of, of being very, very clear where they stand on things. I will say I've been doing this throughout uh, the pandemic and I'll I'll do it again today because I, I don't want to make one of us look stupid. In this case, it'd be me look stupider. Um, it's 10.37 a.m. Central Daylight Time on Thursday. Mm-hmm. At this hour, there are reports kind of out there on the internet, the World Wide Web, um, that the WJTV in Jackson is the one that I've seen, is quoting um, legislative sources in Mississippi that they have the votes and that a vote will come today, or Thursday or Friday, to decommission the current flag. So... It looks like I was told on Monday that this would happen Monday or Tuesday. So obviously it got delayed a little bit, but it, it does look like the momentum is overwhelming to to make the change. Well, the the contingent of representatives from the athletic departments of the various colleges in Mississippi, if this doesn't get it done, then I don't know if it'll ever get changed because you've got all the big sport head coaches from Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, Jackson State, Alcorn State. I mean, they're all go- Mississippi College. They're all there, but let me, for let, me, women. let me interrupt you. The ones that matter are Ole Miss and State, and they're there for one reason. Ole Miss and Mississippi State both are smart enough to have gotten the message whenever that was, a week ago, two weeks ago, whenever this thing went crazy. When Greg Sankey issued that statement, even though they knew it was coming – raised the hair on their back of their necks. Mm-hmm. It sent chills down spines. People, I pe- mean, people don't financially, want, they, it, they cannot afford it pe- literally and figuratively. They, they absolutely cannot. People do not like hearing this because it's scary, but Ole Miss and Mississippi state don't bring a ton to the table. They don't have big TV markets. They're small states, small stadiums, etc. Now, I'm not saying they're not great schools, and it wasn't that long ago that both of them were – I mean, Mississippi State was number one in the country. Ole Miss won the Sugar Bowl. Mississippi State played in, in – was the Orange Bowl? Is that what they played in? Uh, yeah. Ole, Ole Miss played in the in the – in the peach, I mean, listen, they, they've both, be- both in the first playoff rankings ever. I mean, yeah. I mean, these are, these are two programs that, that have won and have won big recently. Not, that's not criticism. They are two of the top 
College baseball, two of the top 20 college baseball programs in the in the country. That's undebatable. Uh, they, yeah, that's, I was going to say, that's the one thing they bring. I think you could easily make an argument that both both baseball programs are easily top 10, top 15. But if this flag thing were not resolved, if Mississippi had doubled down and said, oh, no, hell no, you're not taking my flag. I'm telling you, the SEC... In this environment, it was going to get dicey. And Keith Carter knew it. And uh, Glenn Boyce knew it. And the people at Miss John Cohen and, and uh, Mark Keenum, they knew it. I mean, you can you can bow up your chest all you want to, but there does come a point where you gotta look yourself in the mirror and say, Okay, wait a minute. I I don't know, you know, I'm not the prettiest girl at the at the at the dance. And there are other girls that are outside who would like a seat. And when this grant of rights, this TV rights deal expires all over college football in the next two or three years, there is going to be a reshuffle. All the pandemic did was make it an absolute certainty. It's no longer a debate. Yeah. So there's going to be there's going to be a change. And don't get me wrong, Ole Miss and State are probably fine. But you don't want to leave the door cracked. And that flag flying up there with the Confederate battle emblem in it and all the negative publicity that comes with that is leaving the door cracked. You got to slam that door shut. You got to clean up your house. You got to be perfect. You know, like, you know, when you know, remember when you were a kid and company was coming and your parents were like, we're cleaning the house mm-hmm. and their voice was like, you're cleaning the house. And you were like, yeah, you know what? I think I'm probably going to clean the house today. Yeah. <laughs> that was, yeah. that's where Ole Miss and Mississippi State are. They need to clean the house. The house needs to be clean. Company's coming. and Absolutely. And everything's probably good. But company's coming, and you probably don't need to leave the, the house a wreck. This might be the time to break out the vacuum, get out the dust, the, dust, the, the pledge, get you some clean towels, get to work, mop the floors real good. This is, now's the time to do all that. It, it is that time. Maybe even clean the, the, the baseboards. Just kind of get it, get it, you know, take the the thing to the ceiling fans, get the dust off. Now's that time. You want you want your house to look good. You probably want to get out and mow the yard. You probably want to edge it, blow it off. Yeah. You know, make sure all the lights are replaced. You know, that, so that when nighttime comes and you turn the lights on, everything looks pretty. Now's that time. Now is yep. not the time to be like, hey, hey, whatever, man, show up. It's just gonna be a party. No, nope, you probably want to have, you probably want to have the nice hors d'oeuvres out. You probably want to make sure that that everything's kind of stocked up. And if you're if you're grilling, that the grill's nice and clean. You don't want them to see like, hey, is that table not clean? No, no, everything you want it to be good. This is this is not casual company coming over. These are people you need to impress, and they've got to get rid of that flag. So kudos to Mississippi. It sounds like it's going to happen. It needs to happen. It has to happen. And for Ole Miss and Mississippi State, it's a necessity. They know it. That's why. All those people are down there today, Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach and Kermit Davis and all of those people, Mike Bianco, they're all down there because they know it. They absolutely know it. And it goes beyond, way beyond the ability to host a baseball regional in Oxford or Starkville. Those are, that's a big thing. It's worth a lot of money. It's a big deal. I get it. But this is about staying in the SEC. Let nobody kid you. Let nobody tell you it's not because it is. It, it absolutely is. Well, for the longest time, it was always the – you know, the ace in the ace in the hole 
trick up the sleeve, you know, whatever metaphor you want to use here, was always that Ole Miss and Mississippi State are both charter members of the conference. They will, you know, they won't be, they won't be moved. It doesn't matter how bad they are in basketball. It doesn't matter how bad they are in football, blah, blah, blah. They're good. They're safe. Um, now, completely different story. Regardless of how you feel politically about anything that's going on right now, it is a bad look for the state of Mississippi to fly that, to have that flag. The SEC is just finally, and, and kudos to them, we're not going to do it. We don't have to have you. Ole Miss and State have to have the SEC here. This it doesn't that uh, that road doesn't go both ways. That is a one way street, and they know it. And you know, like you said, good on them. It, you know, it's ten forty five a.m. Central um, Central Time. So if it if it does in fact happen today, I think a lot of people will celebrate, and a lot of people will will be excited and be happy, and for good reason because this is long, 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 long overdue. All right, we got to um, go ahead. Yeah, they, no, no, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, I was just going to say it's it's it has to happen, and not just for optics, but just for the sake of both institutions athletically. All right, we got about twenty minutes. You've yeah. been you've been breaking stories about uh, transfers and stuff. Is there a snag on the kid from Navy? Um, a snag. Yeah, there's some there's some talk that, that he can't because of his he's been there for three years that he, he would have to re, oh. he would have to repay the Naval Academy for his education. So, so I'll be I'll be honest here. Um, when this was brought up to me, I did not know. So I, this was out of my ball ballpark of you know out of my area arena I should say of expertise. Um, when I spoke with Jacob, I brought it up in conversation and I asked him. Um, about you know his commission or his commitment to service, whatever he didn't say anything, he didn't respond. Um, and if I'm going to be honest here, I feel like it's none of my business, so I'm not going to ask him again. Um, there are articles that say that he has signed his two for seven agreement, which is two years of um, attendance at a service academy, seven years active duty, I believe, or active service. Um, they do have that new, um, I wouldn't call it a loophole, but, uh, it was a, uh, policy that Barack Obama introduced. And then, um, after his, it, you know, I guess postdated his presidency, then Donald Trump got it approved to where, um, any service Academy athlete can go to the NFL. Um, he doesn't have to go straight into active duty or service, um, I don't think there's going to be a snag. He certainly didn't mention it when I talked to him and I was talking to him uh, the night when everything happened. And then I talked to him a little bit yesterday. Um, He hasn't mentioned it. Um, He did say that he left the Naval Academy before he graduated. So he will have to sit out because there is no one-time transfer rule. So he is red shirting, um, basically using it as a year to um, get acclimated to, you know, get in the weight room, get ready to play in 2021. So I don't think there is, um, I guess the one thing that was introduced to me on the board, I think it's, um, Ole Miss UMMC is his username. I I don't, I don't want to say the wrong name, but he said that, um, sometimes they don't make you pay full tuition back. It's basically the stipends or, um, things of that nature, like your uniform and you just have to pay that back. So I don't know. I don't know. This, this is out of my, I've never been in this 
in this uh, conversation before. So I don't know if Ole Miss could pay it back or if he personally has to. Yeah, I have no idea. Isn't that funny? I'm the exact same way. I've I've been around this for a long time, and I can't – I really don't remember a kid transferring out of one of the service academies into a program that I covered. I don't know that it's ever happened. So I I don't know the rules. I'll freely admit it. If it gets to that point, I'll have to educate myself, I guess. But I don't know. Yeah. So I guess we'll we'll find out. But he, uh, like I said, he he didn't say anything about it. Um, He didn't mention any ill will towards Ken Niamatololo and his staff. I mean, he said he he enjoyed his time at Navy. I think he just was wanting something something different. So really nice kid, though. I'm sure. Yeah, most of those kids that uh, there was a kid that I had talked to a little bit early in the process because he'd visited um, he'd visited Ole Miss. I didn't talk to him. I texted him, DM'd him a little bit because he talked about coming back for another visit. Kid, Roman Mueller, I think is his name. Really nice kid. Was very, mm-hmm. very nice. And uh, he committed to uh, the Air Force Academy the other day. He was, just sent me a note, said, hey, thanks. And I didn't, like, I didn't do anything. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I wrote a wrote a little small story about your visit to Ole Miss and um that was it you know really really nice kid a lot of times those that's never been a thing that would appeal to me like going to one of those service academies that's not my deal but the people that do it i always have like incredible uh, respect for them i mean it's such a commitment Mm -hmm. and and it's such a neat thing i mean to to go to annapolis or to go to west point or to go to colorado springs or or whatever it's such a such a unique thing it, it I don't think it would appeal to me I think I'd be nervous if it were one of my kids doing it I'd be proud of them but I think it would make me kind of nervous for some reason um but it's such a such a different experience than say you know going to the University of Oregon or University of Oklahoma or whatever it's such a completely different deal to say yeah I'm going to the U.S. Naval Academy yeah I mean that's that's certainly something that's cool um I know the it's funny the last two um quarterbacks at Navy that were both outstanding and set records. Uh, Malcolm Perry and Kenyon uh, Reynolds, they're both from Nashville. So um, I did have a chance to officiate Malcolm Perry when he was at Kenwood, and he was a – to say he was a, a good kid was was quite the understatement. So, yeah, he um, – Jacob is a fan of barbecue, being from Kansas City originally. We talked about barbecue. Um I did tell him, for those that are listening, don't worry. I told him about Handy Andy, so he knows the deal. So, <laughs> yeah. Nice kid. I, I really li- I really like his film. So he was originally uh, going to Navy as a receiver out of high school and uh, quickly changed to, to defense and um, got up over 200 pounds. Um, I think he'll be uh, kind of that outside backer, strong safety type hybrid position where he'll cover some slot receivers, but um, really active at the point of attack. He makes a ton of plays. I mean, he had 16 tackles for loss and eight sacks last year. Um, so he was an all AAC selection. I think it's a really good pickup and getting him, having the opportunity to redshirt him to where he doesn't have to feel like he's got to be thrust in there and make, make plays and do everything immediately. I think it's going to be beneficial. He'll be able to learn the defense and, um, be able to add some, you know, get in shape, add some good weight. Um, so I think I think it's a really good pickup. All right, let's switch to basketball. We haven't really talked since Deshaun Ruffin committed. We both were prepared for it. You had a story ready. I had a story ready. Um, Eric Bossy loves him. Corey Evans loves him at the Rivals Network. 
um, really raved about him. He's up to 5'10", according to him the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> whatever. It doesn't, he's, it's, height is always going to be a part of his storyline. He's incredibly explosive, can score. He, he's a kid that could have gone to a lot of places. He, he picks Ole Miss. He's an in-state kid, picks Ole Miss. How big of a deal is it potentially for Kermit Davis's program? I love Deshaun Ruffin's game. This dude, I've talked, I've talked with Bossy a little bit. I talked with Corey Evans about him. It was any time I ever, I talked more with Corey about him than Bossy, but both of them said the exact same thing. This is a guy that you just just sign him. Don't worry about it. Don't don't ask questions. Just sign him. He is, I, you know, the the term walking bucket is popular these days. Um, I'm sure Carson describes himself as that, and he has heard that phrase before as much NBA as he watches. He would like to be a walking bucket. He, he is not yet a walking bucket. <laughs> in fact, Carson the other day on Saturday was out in the driveway. It was hotter than hell. I was by the pool. Just I think I was drinking some sort of grapefruit something, and um, I heard Carson getting pissed off. He was missing his jump shot, and all of a sudden I just heard the ball go slamming against the backboard and him going inside, and he said, I can't focus. So he's not yet a walking bucket. Yeah. Um, uh, he's got plenty of time, though. He's got plenty of time. He does have time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Ruffin is a guy who has zero issues creating his own shot, getting to the rim, creating separation. Uh, look, the, the height is going to be the main thing that everybody talks about. But, look, he's – Callaway last year didn't lose to a single Mississippi school. And uh, I believe they played eight games against out-of-state competition – and he absolutely torched every single team that they played out of state. So it's not like he's doing this to, you know, Provine and Laurel, all respect to those schools and their basketball programs, but he's doing it against elite competition. I mentioned it in the article. I mentioned it on the board. I mean, he's playing against Lausanne and seven-footer, you know, Musa Cisse. He did it against Kennedy Chandler and Briarcrest, who is, you know, a top 10 player in the country. Um, he did it against... Um, you know, Leesville Road, who has Carter Witt, who's a four-star. Um, I believe in that game they eventually moved Carter Witt off of Ruffin because he couldn't guard him, and Carter Witt's got at least three or four inches on him. So, look, he, he's just he's just a scorer. He's a guy that's that's going to um, he's going to create problems for people. You know, he may not be six two, six three like Matthew Morrell, but he has unlimited range on his jump shot, and I mean he's if you just watch him on film, he's quicker, quicker than hell. I mean, he, he can go off, off, off the bounce and get to the rim in like two or three steps. I mean, it's, it's just a lot of stuff that you can't teach Neil. And that's kind of where I know there were concerns on the board with a lot of the, you know, in the basketball targets thread that's, that's been going on for seems like years now was that was the one thing that came up was like, can they get around his height? You know, how can he play on defense? Um, you know, are they going to be exposed with him out there when they're on the, the defensive end of the floor? I mean, he's look, he's quick. He's got good hands. He's not a complete liability on defense. I don't think that this is something where they're going to have to be rotating dudes in, you know, just throwing him out there to score and, and, and things like that. I mean, I think he's going to be fine. Um, but you have right now probably one of the most electrifying backcourts in the future of the SEC with Matthew Morrell and, and Deshaun Ruffin. Yeah, and inside that program, people absolutely love, I mean love Matthew Morrell. 
I almost oh, I, I almost hesitate to talk about the way he is discussed inside that program because I, I you don't, want, you I want don't to talk like, about love in somebody's game. He's come on now. You do, yeah, I know. Yeah. He's 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 going to be a stud. Yeah. I, I I've I don't even you know, you and I joked around. You wrote a, a, a story about Arch Manning the other day. As I get older, and you'll do this too as you get older and your kids get older. I know you just have one right now, but you'll have more. And as they get older, you'll, you'll start to, you get a little, it, you get a little protective of things. It's kind of different. Like right now you're like, mm-hmm. it's just different. You'll see. And you, you, you made a reference to, and I knew what you meant. I think now that I went back and looked at it, I was like, oh, I see exactly what he was saying. You were, you, <laughs> you, you wrote about LeBron James briefly in a story about Arch Manning. And I was like, I don't like that. And I ended up taking it out. <laughs> And the reason I took it out was not because I thought it was bad journalism, because what you were saying was right. I mean, that people were talking about LeBron James in high school. They were he mm-hmm. was on the cover of Sports Illustrated in high school. That's happened to Arch Manning. People were talking about Arch Manning, and a lot of it is because Arch Manning's lineage, his dad and his grandfather and his uncles, obviously. But with LeBron, it was he everybody knew this dude, man, is gonna be a superstar. I mean, it's just period. Mm-hmm. And and I took it out, but it's, I just, I don't like putting pressure on, I don't like putting more pressure on kids if, if I can help it. I don't know why I'm, I'm weird like that. And so I, I sometimes don't say some of the things that people have told me about Morrell inside that program. I don't do some of the comparisons that people have made of Morrell who have seen him play because I just, even though I've, I've, I've only talked to Matthew a couple of times, I don't know him. He doesn't know me. And I mean, we're not like, there's no, there's no relationship. There's no reason for me to protect him. I just, I just think he's probably from all accounts, a really nice kid. And I don't want to do that to him, but you're right. Morell and Ruffin combined. If they have a couple of years together where they do some of the things that I think a lot of people expect them to be able to do. And I do think Deshaun steps right in and plays. Um, And I think Morell's going to step right in and play this year. If there's a season, um, sorry for being negative. Uh, I think if that happens, their ability to transform that program a little bit, their impact on future recruits is what's going to be really fascinating to watch because I, I, I think I think they're the type of recruits that could sway some some other highly ranked kids to go that direction. Well, it's you know there were. People that were there were some grumblings. Obviously, this season didn't go the way everybody wanted it to this past season. But Kermit Davis has quietly signed, you know, two of the highest rated signing. Or, well, he hasn't signed Ruffin yet, but I, I expect him to sign. Sorry, he's he's going to two highest rated recruits in the history of the program. Reginald Buckner is out there years ago. Andy Kennedy got him. And then you've got Matthew Morell and you've got Deshaun Ruffin. All three top fifty guys. I think Ruffin's 53, but whatever. Um, I mean, that's huge. And both of them play a style of basketball, and their skill set, their games are conducive to helping their teammates around them. This isn't, you know, Ruffin scores a ton, but he's not an absolute ball-dominant, I-got-to-score-every-single-point type player. He can create for his teammates. He did it. He did it, He does it at Callaway. He did it all last season. Um I mean, there's actually a couple guys on Callaway's team that I think got some looks from some some colleges thanks to Deshaun because there were some times when 
people would double him. So obviously somebody's got to be open. Um, but you're absolutely right. I think that they're they're going to be fun. They're going to be electric. And we haven't even talked about Jarkel Joyner. When you talk about people in that program talking about players, I mean, Kermit Davis, I think, mentions Jarkel Joyner anytime there's a media opportunity. Um, so there's some exciting guard play that's coming to the pavilion. And, um, yeah, Ruffin was an absolute must-get. He's an in-state guy. He's been leaning to Ole Miss for close to a year. Um, I, I think that this is a – Huge, huge, huge get for Kermit Kermit Davis and that staff. Yeah, I do too. And I, I mean, I've had people tell me they're in on a couple of like really highly ranked kids uh, in this next class. Um, I know they, you know, both Ruffin and, and Morell are roughly top fifty kids. You know, right around that range. I've been told there's a couple of guys that are in this 2022 class that are legitimate targets that are more on the radar than people think. You can tell I'm a little hesitant. I just don't want to go with those names because people lose their minds, but mm-hmm. I know they're trying really hard to pull the, to, to turn the corner. It's one of the reasons that I think that the, uh, the, the grad transfers that they added for this, this year's team is going to help this. This is a team that has a real opportunity to be a tournament team. If you look at how experienced it is uh, with the, Veteran backcourt. Uh, Devontae Shuler's a senior. Uh, he's the exact same age as uh, as Joyner. And then you add Romello White, and you add Des- Demencio Vaughn, and you add K.J. Buffin, who will be a junior, and, and Hadim C. will be a senior with a lot of experience now. I mean, there's this is a veteran team, and if they could make the tournament, assuming there is a tournament, make the tournament, and... Um, begin to solidify the, the the program as as a steady program I think I think they could start taking off and recruiting Kermit's not Kermit's not crazy he knows that, that at this level you, you got to have you got to have players this isn't not that the Sun Belt is as a is a, a strictly a coach league but I think you can line up and out coach people in the Sun Belt faster than you can line up and out coach people in the SEC just because the the, the talent is is so different. And and I think he know mm-hmm. he knows that. He's coached in the SEC before. It's not like this is his first cup of coffee in the league. He he was he was on the LSU staff for years. He he he's he's been he's seen it. He knows. Right. You yeah. know, I mean, he's not an he's not an idiot. I mean, so yeah, anyway, they, they, it was a big they, deal they, for we, them. Right. They quickly updated the roster this past offseason. Romello White was just tremendous. I mean, the absolute perfect thing that that, that roster needed. Um, we've talked about it on this show. Takes pressure off at EMC, takes pressure off Buffin. Um, that I think I think Domencio Vaughn is gonna be much better than people think he's going to be. He's not the big name like Romello was, but I think he's going to be an absolute just perfect fit for this team. Um, but yeah, it takes pressure off of Devontae Shuler, uh, to make things happen. I think Matthew Morell is going to play early. You're not, you're no longer asking him to go out and score 10, 12 points as a true freshman in the SEC. He's, he's going to be able to have somewhat of a role player type, type vibe to him. So, um, yeah. And look that you can't say enough about what they did with the, the whole shuffling of the roster. They had to process some guys. Um, but then, Signing Matthew Morrell and then now getting Deshaun Ruffin. I mean, they are quickly turning things back to getting that momentum that they had in year one. All right, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it there. Uh, we'll come back 
Next week, we'll have one more uh, soft verbal before I go on vacation. And uh, we'll hopefully by then, some of this flag stuff will be resolved. We'll have a better idea of, of what some things look like. And the calendar will be turning to July. And I'm not going to lie to you. July is, for me, going to be a nervous month. I can, I can already tell you it's going to be an anxious month. It's going to be a nervous month because decisions have to get made. In the month of July, people can't punt them much longer. Decisions have to get made. And there are, as we always talk about, ramifications for decisions, consequences for decisions. So we will we'll come back uh, this time next week, and we'll join you for another edition of the Soft Verbal Podcast presented by Dead Soxy. Don't forget deadsoxy.com. Also, don't forget LB's Meat Market right there across from Kroger on University Avenue. Greg Jones and the people there at LB's. We'll hook you up, tell them that uh, Neil and Zach sent you, and I got a feeling he'll throw a little something extra in your bag. So until next week, for Zach, I'm Neil. Take care.